This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Five podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And we have a very special guest today. Tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I'm Diana Merriam, and I am the founder of the Economy Conference. Carl's wearing the shirt right now. And I'm also the host of the Optimal Finance Daily Podcast. And this is a show where I read um, blog posts from popular bloggers like yourself, Carl. And I offer a tiny bit of commentary at the end. So I like to say you guys wrote all these amazing songs and I get to perform the covers. Yeah. So if I were to think of two words to describe you, I would say community builder. And today that's what we're going to be talking about, building a community. But before we get into that, you were just at a FI event and we're and to we're at one right now. We're at FinCon, which is kind of a FI event, but sort of. But you just were at a different one. What was that and how did that go? Yeah, I was at Camp FI. It was actually my ninth Camp FI event. Um, I think I'm winning an award of like who has gone to yeah. Camp FI the most amount of times. Um, but Camp FI is like my absolute favorite thing to do. Um, aside from producing economy, but the, the difference is that Camp FI is like a much more intimate weekend. It's about 60 people. And people ask me all the time, what's the difference between Camp Fi and economy? Camp Fi is like going to a retreat. It's pretty chill. Uh, economy is like going to a concert, right? And so it attracts the same kind of people, but it's just like a different vibe. One time I described economy as it's just a reunion of Camp Five people, <laughs> you know, because it really does attract the same amount of people or the same kind of people. Um, but economy is like super high uh, production value. And, you know, it's like, again, it's it's like going to a concert. So I invest very heavily in like lighting design and sound engineers. We record all of the speeches and have multiple camera angles. But like, I wouldn't want to go to economy every weekend. It's just, it's intense. I would definitely go to Camp Fi every weekend. And how was this Camp Fi, Camp Fi for you? It was probably one of the best ones that I've gone to. And I love, I love that that happened because... I think a lot of people will like, maybe they'll go to one or two and like, they're like, cool. Like I learned some stuff. I got what I needed out of it. Um, but I keep going back because every time I go, I learn something new. I make a new friend. Like I made friends for life this past weekend. And this is why, I mean, I probably spent over $2,000 on Camp Fi tickets this year because I went to every single one. And the reason why was because um, I did my last economy event in November of 2021, and my next one is March 2023. So that's a long time to wait for us to hang out together again. Mm -hmm. So I told my audience, come hang out with me at Camp Fi. Like, I'm going to go to every single one and like, me and Steven, who run Camp Fi, we are very complimentary events. I don't, we don't look at each other as competition at all. We want everyone to go to both of our events, you know? And so we really support each other a lot. 
um, I think that we are a great example of collaboration and um, how a rising tide can lift all ships because a lot of people who go to Camp Fi now heard about it at Economy and a lot of people who go to Economy heard about it at Camp Fi. Right. So we're really helping each other. And um, I will say, I really think this last Camp Fi in Minnesota was my favorite one. Yeah. It's such a good venue. I've been to that one too. And I'm from the Midwest, so I'm a little bit biased, but... There was that lake there. Did you go swimming? And- no, some people went kayaking. It was a little too cool to go swimming. Okay. Um, but there were beautiful trails. Like I would go for little walks on these trails and it was just, it was very picturesque. Okay. Yeah. I, I've got one funny story from that. I was, uh, my mind was all frazzled at that campfire because I was about to speak, but I wanted to go for a quick swim first. So I grabbed my baby suit <laughs> and I ran out there. I'm like, oh, geez, I got to change. So I just, ran into the trees and threw my bathing suit on and went in there and then gave my talk. And uh, another attendee who I know comes back <laughs> holding a branch with my underwear on the, on the end of it. She's like, Carl, I, I think you left something here in the woods. I'm like, yes, I did. Those belong to me. Oh, that's okay. So I got a funny story from Camp Fi this past weekend too. I'm glad you reminded me of this. So I was sitting with Steven, another guy, Jordan, and another guy, Tim at lunch and we somehow, so uh, Kevin Ha, the Financial Panther, just did this incredible presentation about e-bikes. I mean, he sold the hell out of e-bikes. Like, it was really good present. Like, that needs to be a TED Talk, what he did. It was so good. And so we were talking about it at lunch, and it somehow shifted to motorcycles. And all of us had seen, like, people die in motorcycle accidents and, like, how dangerous it is. And, and so we were kind of, like, it was kind of like a heavy conversation. Like, this is... We don't want any of our kids, you know, on motorcycles kind of thing. And so Steven chimes in and he's going to hate that I'm telling this story right now. So I hope he's listening to this. So he chimes in and he says, yeah, but as a man, I really just think I need to know how to ride one. And we were like, why? And he goes, well, imagine I'm like walking down the street and some woman gets her purse stolen. I Like in a movie, I want to be able to like go up to a guy on a motorcycle and be like, give, get off the bike, give it to me and like go run after the crook and then like knock him down. And like, so we're all like laughing at him that this is like his dream. Like he, like he thinks about this all the time. Right. <laughs> and so we're, we all point out to him that like, Steven, you want to prepare for a situation that is literally never going to happen. So what we came up with is this whole plan to help him realize his dream that weekend at Camp Fi using Kevin's hot Kevin's Kevin Ha's e-bike. And so, and so Jordan was gonna be the criminal. He was gonna steal my imaginary my purse. And then we were gonna let Steven live his dream. And we were dying laughing because he has a drone camera so we were gonna film it on the drone <laughs> and have all these camera angles and we we were just like talking about this and laughing and laughing and laughing. We laughed so much over this idea of filming Steven doing this that we had absolutely no energy to actually go do it. <laughs> so we're going to be at Camp Fi uh, in October, uh, October 7th through 10th in California. I think there's only 10 tickets left, but whoever's listening to this, 
if you want to come and help us film this, I'm going to hold Steven to it because we got to help him live his dream, you know? Yeah, that'll be awesome. I mean, they're doing uh, more on the YouTube channel. Yeah. Steven is, so that'll be perfect. And putting it up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I was debating whether or not to go to that campfire, but now that I know this shit's going to be going on. I oh, think are you I, sold? I have to buy a ticket. Yeah, just to witness. I don't want any part of it because I'll probably injure myself, yeah. but I'll. I'll operate the drone. And actually, I think that's a great segue into what we wanted to talk about, which is creating things, right? That's a good example of a group of friends getting together and just creating something fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a very playful way to hang out with each other, right? Yeah. And I think the reason why like, we, we kind of wanted to address this topic, and sorry, I'm taking over your hosting uh, job right now, uh, but... but you know, most people, when they hang out with their friends, they like go grab a drink or they go to a restaurant or they go shopping together or they do some kind of activity that is rooted in consumption. And I think there's a real opportunity when we think about building relationships in creating things together. And so like you guys, we've created, this is now the third time I'm recording something with you. We created your amazing speech on the economy stage in that you did most of the work and I built the stage for you, right? But the, I feel like we're bonded for life because we did some cool stuff together, you know? Yeah, totally. And you sent me after one of the most meaningful moments for me after the last economy conference is that you sent me a thank you note. And it was so beautifully written and it is up on my mantle on display because whenever I look at that, I think this is why I created economy because now I get to have really meaningful connections with people that I really admire, you know, and it's, uh, it's awesome. Oh yeah. That's so good. Oh man, I'm, I'm breaking up now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that was so meaningful for me. And I'll just back up a little bit. I was working on my happiness and trying to figure out like what, what activities do I do in my day-to-day -day mm -hmm. life that really make me happy? And it's and one of them is working on things like building things. But on top of that, what I arrived at, it's building things with people who you really enjoy that matter, that are important to you. Mm -hmm. It just makes whatever that experience is so much better. This might not be the best example, but right now I'm working on a house and I, I'm having a friend, Eric Peterson, who's been on the Mile mm -hmm. Life Mike pod podcast before, work on me, work on it with me. And that experience is going to be that much better because I'm doing it with that. But yeah, with the, with the economy thing, I don't think I would agree to speak in public again if it wasn't for a friend, but I'd love to do it no matter what the money is, but I'd love to do it with a friend for free just because we're building something and helping people out. And I know who you are and I know your heart's in the right place. So yeah. Well, and I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Carl, but another really meaningful moment that kind of was this like, it happened during the weekend of economy and um, this woman came up to me and she said, you know, my husband has been into this fire thing and she rolls her eyes for years and he always goes to the campfire events and he's in the communities on the Facebook groups and he's so passionate about this. And I just, for the most part, I've never gotten it. You know, I just, I feel like if we reduce our expenses more, it's going to feel like deprivation. I want to enjoy my life now. I don't really get the whole retirement thing. Like, I don't understand why he's so into it. And so, and she says to me, when Carl was on stage 
And he did that speech. And at the end, you show this series of pictures of you with your kids and basically how you're able to be so much more involved in their lives because you have this great gift of fire. And she said, I turned to my husband and he was crying because Mm -hmm. that, and see, now I'm going to cry. That's what he wants so bad. He wants to spend time with their kids. And she goes, in that moment, I just got it. She's like, it clicked for me. And now I understand him better. And she's like, this helped my marriage so much. And she's like, we will be back this year and I will support him. And we will be doing this together because I needed this community to show me, like to help me understand him better. But you did that for her. We, I would say we did that. And how cool is that that you and I can have it seems like my life is too good to be true. You and I can have this much fun. Yeah. It's such a great weekend. But then we're actually doing good too. Like, I know. Like it's just like it's, like, it's like there's it's layer on top of layer on top of layer of why we need to create things together. And, you know, when people, I actually had talked to a friend, um, a guy in the, the fire community, his name's Joe Olson, brilliant guy. We have great conversations all the time. He's been to Camp Mustache and Camp Fi. Okay. He came to Economy. We went for a really nice long hike together when he came into Cincinnati. There's also another Camp Mustache in Cincinnati. And um, so we've had great conversations. And I said this to him uh, at one point, like, I think we need to prioritize creation and talk about creation over consumption and how that can really build relationships. And he said, yeah, but not everyone's going to create an economy or a campfire or write a blog or create a podcast, right? Like when people think of creation, they think of this kind of art form. And I'm like, no, create a dinner party, create a hiking club, create a garden in your yard where you grow these most beautiful tomatoes and you share them with your neighbors. You know, like you don't have to create a big business in order to attract your community. You can do it in really small, interesting ways and um, and create experiences, right? Like when I went and walked the Camino in 2017, which I know we talked about, again, I was surrounded by people that walked 500 miles across the country together. That creates this like sense of camaraderie when people are doing a hard thing that you just can't really get on your own. And um, it doesn't have to be creating a blog. It could be creating anything. So like we just talked about earlier, the 75 hard. Mm-hmm. And at I did it last year. Can you explain what it is? Okay, so the 75 hard is kind of like a mental discipline challenge, but it's also a fitness challenge. So you do two 45-minute workouts a day, which freaks everybody out. Uh, one needs to be outside. And honestly, most days I just did two long walks, okay. right? So like we don't have to go crazy with the exercise because you're getting so much of it. Um, you drink a gallon of water every day. You subscribe to some kind of diet. So I did intermittent fasting, no alcohol. You read 10 pages of a personal development book and you take a progress picture every day. I've had this on my bucket list for like a long time, but cause it really intimidated me to your point, Carl, like challenging yourself to do hard things, right? Just like the public speaking was for you. And so I've wanted to do the 75 hard for a very long time. So it really intimidated me, but it was like my number one goal of 2021. 
So I go on this epic vacation and I pick my start date for like the Monday when I get back. Like I'm going to devote myself for doing this for 75 days straight. And as a last ditch consideration, I didn't know how powerful this would be at the time, but I just posted on my Facebook group, my Facebook uh, personal page. I've got like over a thousand friends on Mm -hmm. Facebook and I just posted like, hey, I'm doing this hard thing. Does anyone want to just do it with me? Like, I don't know that. I, I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. And so we en- I ended up with a group of four people. And is it any surprise that out of a thousand people, all four of those people were from Camp Fi? Oh, wow. It just goes to show that ambitious, creative, generous, expansive-minded people go to things like Camp Fi and Economy. That's how you find them, is you put yourself in the room, you know? And so I, we ended up creating this group on like a group chat on Marco Polo, where, it's where we would do like video check-ins okay. every day. Yes. And it, I, again, am bonded to, for life to those people because we did a really hard thing together. And you know, like Lynn had an ear infection and she kept going. Um, Amberly, or no, not Amberly, Autumn, she has like three kids and she's a nurse and she has rental properties. Like her life is so busy. And yeah. so watching her figure out how to do this hard thing despite her circumstances, like it seems so unreasonable and she was doing it and we were cheering her on. And then Jason would chime in with the comic relief every day. I mean, that guy's <laughs> hilarious. So, you know, I actually failed at the 75 hard. I got 75% of the, the way there. Um, but I wouldn't have gotten that far if it wasn't for that group because I, they inspired me. They really inspired me to keep going as long as I could. And, um, and that's the power of community, man. You know, I just, I feel so strongly about it. Have you, uh, thought about doing the 75 hard, Carl? I think I do want to do it. I was going to ask if you want to do it. I we had talked about abstaining from alcohol after we read the Huberman. Yeah, uh, listened to the Huberman podcast. So I think that's a great excuse to abstain from alcohol and do some other things on top of it. But yeah, and I think probably you and I are pretty close, except for the alcohol thing. Like because you walk a lot, we work out, stuff like that. So I think we're pretty close. You read a lot too, right? Yeah, it wouldn't so. take that much effort. Like I'm, I'm only like work out for an hour and a half a day. Can we do more? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we, I think we could figure it out. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it maybe uh, January 1st. <laughs> yeah. I got to drink some more today. So, <laughs> definitely not starting today. Yeah. What do we have next on the, uh, uh, on the agenda here? It, yeah. I just want to back up for a second and talk about like the fundamental difference. You had a great quote, and it, it was, Diana, I, I think creation is far superior to living a full life versus passively consuming mm-hmm. things. And in a very, base level uh, i'm not sure i was thinking about that quote like uh why do you think creation is a better activity than sitting there watching tv and we might we might have just answered this with our yeah i mean i think that a lot of what we talk about in the fi community yes we talk about money but i think we're really using the tool figuring out how to use tool of money to live a full life a full creative life you know i think it's a lot more satisfying 
to create this little video with Steven than it would be to watch a video that someone else created. Yes, like we can get, we'll be entertained by that. And there's, there's something to like appreciating someone else's creation. But I think we also need to be creating. Like let's use that other person's creation as inspiration to do something ourselves, right? And I think that we have a lot of social conditioning when it comes to like being consumerist suckers, yeah. you know, where like we have been, it has been ingrained in us since birth to be good consumers, to be passive consumers of what the, the capitalists want to sell us. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a big part of flipping the script on that is that we need to create ourselves. And again, it doesn't need to be anything, you know, we don't need to go build an empire. We just need to have a little bit more stimulation and and challenge and, again, imagination and creativity on what we could do, you know? And I think um, I do watch a decent amount of television. In fact, uh, you know, we're recording this in my (laughs) hotel. I'm judging you harshly. I know. Well, I'm going to make it worse (laughs) uh, just because I know people do watch TV and I don't want to. I don't want people to feel too bad. So uh, checking into a hotel like this, and we're recording in my my room here. There's a there's this channel called the Hall- Hallmark Channel, and mm-hmm. they play these dumb romantic comedy movies. You know what I'm talking about? I do. And Carl, he didn't know, but I I tried to get him to to check it out. But they're uh, they're they're fun movies. Uh, they're an hour and a half. Uh, always turn out happy. They they always work <laughs> out. You know. Do you shed a tear at the end too? I, uh, sometimes, you know, if it's a good story, uh, a lot of the same actors, there's a, there's basically a formula, uh, mm. usually. Anyway, I won't go too deep into it, but uh, I do, I, I just realized I, I produce a lot of content. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, you can consume other content. I'm not saying I get my ideas from the Hallmark movies, mm-hmm. um, but I'm not saying I don't get the ideas there. But you can use those as inspiration, draw mm-hmm. some parallels. But I was like, ah, I, I do watch a lot of TV. I like to laugh. Yeah. I like to be entertained. And I think it, it's okay. I think it's okay if you if you do. But you know, I do you raise a, lot. a good point about like being inspired by other creators, and that could sound like copying ideas, right? So I want to clarify my point there. Yeah, I go to a lot of events, and I I'm around a lot of creatives and entrepreneurs. And what I love about that is someone will say something and my brain will take it in, scramble it up and spit out something a little bit more unique. So I'll give you an example. I was just in a session yesterday with Adam uh, Carroll. He's a really amazing public speaker. And I'm sitting in this session and the way he's doing his presentation and the way he is showing how he built his speaking business, um, one of the key things that he did is you know, he want, he needed to have something to sell. Um, and so he had a book and a book gives you a lot of credibility and then you can, it's a source of revenue in, in when you're building your speaking business, you know, they buy a certain quantity of the book and that you can use that as a lever when you're negotiating your fee. So he made like a really lot of good points about why you should sell a book or have a book when you're a public speaker. And in my mind, I said, Oh, I want to sell other people's books, right? Because like, for example, one of my favorite books is um, The Pathless Path by Paul Millard. 
um, he's not, he's like on the periphery of the fire community. And, but I think it would be an amazing book to say, let's say I do a, a speech at like a college campus and I'm trying to like help younger people understand like the opportunity ahead of them. If they start young, I have a whole presentation about like all the things that I wish I knew about money when I was in college. So imagine I book a speaking gig in front of a group of young people and I don't have a book yet. I think I'll probably write one eventually, but it's like just something that's a long-term thing. That's not immediate for me, but I think all young people should read Paul's book And so for me to do a bulk order or convince the university to do a bulk order for Paul's book, perhaps that helps me build a better relationship for him because I'm sending him all this business. Oh yeah. And now when he creates something cool in the future, he's going to think of me, right? And maybe we collaborate more in the future. We've already created things together. I've been on his podcast. Um, you know, we, we have created things together. He actually had a coaching program that was a pilot coaching program that I was a part of in the summer of 2018. And he pushed me to create economy. Oh, wow. So that guy means a lot to me because I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for him. And if I'm in the position to show my appreciation by sending him bulk book orders, why wouldn't I do that? Right. And so Adam, like I have a whole different strategy for my business than what Adam does, but I can take his ideas, scramble it into something new. And, and that's inspiration in terms of, of additional creation. And it's almost like this virtuous cycle between creators. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a pretty cool story. It's uh, I think there's a lesson in there. You're letting go of your ego. Uh, you're not promoting yourself, you're elevating someone else, but it still elevates you too, maybe just in a roundabout totally. way. Totally, yeah. If someone's producing good content, <laughs> you should be telling people about them instead of if they have, they're better than you. Right, like why do I need to write a book when there's all of these amazing books out there that like I could just spread their message? Because the point of writing a book, I mean, some people write a book because they want to make money, but I think for me, the purpose of writing a book would be to have impact. I can actually have impact without writing that book by convincing people to read the other books that yeah. inspire me, right? Smart. So I get the same result without with like none of that work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about the community aspect of FI and specifically these events. One thing I hear when I've told people about these events is I don't want to go to these things. It's just going to be a bunch of people talking about index funds or Warren Buffett, that sounds horrible. So from your experience, what do people talk about at these five events? What I mean, it's there? life. I think that money and like personal finance is just the gateway of like what else we have in common. Because I think most people that are interested in financial independence, they're ambitious, creative, generous, smart, smart people. I mean, this community, like I think about my best friend who I met at Economy. She's here with me at FinCon because what else does she have to do besides travel around with me, <laughs> you know? And uh, and so she, I mean, she was an, a brilliant software engineer and she will hate me for saying this uh, on a recorded thing, yeah. but like I've been walking around introducing her and saying, you know, Erin has revolutionized grocery delivery. I mean, she built Kroger's e-commerce platform. Oh, really? I mean, she is 
freaking brilliant. She's so smart and she helps me in so many ways, like on my business, just as a friend, because she like really likes what I'm doing. And so I'll have a technical challenge on like data analysis or like, like I was having a challenge on MailChimp and she like wrote some program to fix it. That's cool. Uh, right. And like, sh- she's just my, like she, cause she's my friend, you yeah. know? And so to have access to those kind of people, I mean, the kind of people in the FI community, not the people online, that, that to me is the distinction. The people online, a lot of them are keyboard warriors, right? They're sitting at home judging everybody, you know, for what they're spending their money. You shouldn't do this. You should do that. There's a lot of judgment and harshness in those Facebook groups. And I watch it and it scares the crap out of me, Mm -hmm. right? Like I barely post in any of those groups because I just, I don't, that's not how I want to build relationships. I think you have to physically be with people in order to build genuine deep connections. So one thing I like to say is, um, that social media is like the fast food of social connection. So if I am starving and I go to McDonald's and get a happy meal, that's going to satiate me. That's going to curb my hunger. Mm-hmm. But if I did that for every meal, I turn into the guy that made that documentary supersize me, right? <laughs> like there's no nutritional value in there to sustain you. And it's the same thing with social media for me. Like I'm on social media. You'll see that I'll post, but honestly, my only goal on social media is to have fun creating things. You'll notice I don't have a big following. Barely anybody likes my stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody's commenting on it. No one's engaging with it. Yeah. But I hired this woman that we are creating things together. And I I like to actually call her my muse because now that I'm working with her, it has unlocked all this creativity that I didn't even know was there. And she is helping me find my voice and she's helping me say things that I didn't even know I wanted to say. And I met her from Amberly Grant at Camp Fi. Yeah. See how this all ties together? Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's the thing about social media is, again, it is the fast food of social connection. If you want real social connection and you want to meet real good quality people, those are the people that are going to walk out their door, get on a plane and go to a Camp Fi event, go to a FinCon, go to an economy. The kind of people that are shitty to people online would never have the balls to go to an in-person event. I'm serious. And I don't want them there either. So that's another big reason why, um, I put all of the speeches, like Carl's speech is recorded and it's up on my YouTube channel. Yeah. And everyone tells me, you should put that behind a paywall so you can increase your revenue, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, this is very strategic. Yeah. Because the kind of person who doesn't see value, like you said, oh, it's just a bunch of people talking about money, right? They don't see the value in community and human connection. All they're going to want is to see the main stage speeches. And so I'll give that to you for free right? Stay home. Don't waste your money. I'll let you watch the speeches because if you're going to pay for an economy ticket, you're there to embrace and contribute to the community. And so it's it the way it's funny to think of it this way, but I really do think of the audience is the product as much as they are the customer. Oh, that's true. And yeah. so I need really cool people in this room And so I got to keep out the bad actors. And so by giving away all my content for free, those people stay at home and we get to party. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's pretty funny. We're actually recording now from a conference. That, We're recording now. From... I think it's on silent. <laughs> That's, That's okay. So rude. Mine does that. It magically I takes really, itself off. I, I had it on silent. That's all right. We were recording yesterday, and uh, Cody showed up early, so he just walked in, and we're going to leave it in. We don't edit much, we told you. So, okay, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. I really thought that it was your phone going off, and I was like, Carl, it's so unprofessional. <laughs> I was really thinking that in my head, and then I look like, over, and it's on, my dude. phone. I really, I'm very sorry about that. That's all right. It no, happens. No, it's all good. Yeah, what I was saying is uh, we're all here at this FinCon thing, and I don't know about you, Doug, but I've gone to zero sessions. I guess I went to the keynote, but that really wasn't to learn. That was just to be... Entertained by Clark Howard. Yeah, same. And some others. So we're here for the social aspect of it. Well, I'll yeah. say I disagree on not going to sessions. I have gone. I haven't gone to as many sessions as I wanted to because, like, opportunity has presented itself, and I want to seize that opportunity to like have. I've actually spent most of FinCon having hour and a half long meetings. Because I really, truly believe that's more powerful than five minutes here, five minutes here. Like, I would rather have three really deep, meaningful interactions versus a hundred five-minute hellos. Right. Right? And so, I've I've filled my calendar with that. Um, but the cool thing about going to sessions is that, and I actually said this in the FinCon app, everyone will tell you, don't go to the sessions so, and just watch the videos later. By the way, you will never watch those you videos. Yeah. You will never. Um, but... If you go to a session and you're able to, to raise your hand during Q&A and ask a really good question, what you're doing is this is like your, 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 it's a call, calling card for your people. Yeah. Because you will no doubt have people coming up to you afterwards saying, you asked a really good question in there. I have a book suggestion for you. Or I want to ask you about this other thing that you said. Right? And so a lot of times when you go to these events, there's a lot of pressure to like go up to a stranger and network. Mm -hmm. Right? But that's a very putting yourself out there approach. Why don't you attract your people to you by putting yourself out there in front of a large crowd and rather than going up to them individually and like, what's worse than going up to someone and being like, oh, God, I don't want to talk to this person. How do I get out of this? <laughs> right. And so by, by being a little bit more strategic, you attract your people to you. And every time I've done it, I did it at podcast movement a few weeks ago and I got so many high quality, relevant contacts for me mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have gotten if I didn't ask a question. So then I started going to all the sessions and like fighting people for the microphone when it was Q and A, like I'm going to ask my question, you know? So, so yes, I, I get it that like I am skipping sessions too to do stuff like this, right. but there is value in going to the yeah, sessions. Yeah. yeah. And I, I haven't gone to very, I guess I've gone to zero, but yeah, we've recorded a lot. But now you're going to go to some, right? Yeah. And there, there's a couple of people I no, and I was going to say, like, if you have a problem that you need solved and the speaker's talking about it mm -hmm, and you know mm -hmm. the other audience members are going to be, like, part sure. of the right uh, community for you, like, certainly go. Uh, but I, I didn't have any, like, pressing things to, to solve uh, this mm -hmm. weekend. But, yeah, there's some good ones that I'm going to check it out. Some of our friends are doing stuff. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, we have some examples of specific people who have helped you in the community do you yeah. want to pick a couple and talk about them yeah i mean just this past weekend so leaf you know physician on fire he spoke at camp Fi in minnesota this past weekend and he went through this really cool presentation that was like myths about money things that people get wrong and one of them 
Um, and I actually, one of the best things that Steven does at Camp Fi is the, the night and I, I, my event is like hundreds of people, so I can't do this. But when you have 60 people, you can actually go around the room and everyone can introduce themselves and tell you what I can offer the group and what I'm hoping to get out of the group. And so I told everyone on Friday night that I have this challenge in like, I'm the CFO of my family and I am also run a business. And so I am managing my personal finances, my joint fan finances with my future husband and my business finances. It's like three separate things that it it's so hard to keep it organized and it's driving me crazy and it's making me very anxious and I'm like procrastinating on it. Right. And so I said, I need a better solution. And when Leaf got up there, one of his myths was um, this whole idea that you need a budget, which I subscribe to this myth. And when he went through his rationale as to why he was saying that, he helped me understand that I was actually confusing tracking with budgeting. Mm -hmm. And that if you're not a spendthrift and you're not having trouble living below your means, which I'm not, I'm really like just naturally now frugal. I live very below my means. And so I don't have much of a need for a budget. I just need to track my expenses so that I understand what my ballpark yearly expenses are as I'm planning for my fine number and and making financial decisions. It's a good knowledge base to have. How much am I spending every year? That is a lot easier to, to track. And like, like I was going into mint and like separating out the dog food from the rest of the groceries so that I can like categorize expenses and see how all of those categories line up with the budget that I created and how are we tracking against the budget and how well are we doing based on our plan. And it was like insanity because I was doing that across my business and my, and I still have to do it for my business. That's a different thing. But like for my personal and joint finances, I was overcomplicating it and it was causing me a lot of stress. And so when Leaf got up there, I was like, it clicked for me and he gave me an incredible, like I felt all of this stress leave my body as soon as he made that connection for me. And I, I went up to him afterwards and was just like, thank you. Cause I have been struggling with this and you like set me free. So, and I am someone who talks about money every single day, you know, as the host of OFD, I've read over 700 articles on my podcast. I, I am very much ingrained in this community of, 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 content creators. And so I think I have a very unique vantage point of like knowing and learning about money. And I still learn something new every single day. And so I just think everybody can benefit from putting themselves in the room with these really smart, interesting people that are going to help you with those challenges, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I have a well, do you have another story before I tell my story? Um, you know, let's see. I talked about Aaron. Um, okay, so I had a really fun experience this past weekend with Gwen from Fiery Millennials. And so I've been having trouble sleeping because I like I'm waking up in the middle of the night. And again, because I hired this woman, her name is Ate. And I, she's like my muse, right? 
And so I'll wake up in the middle of the night with like an idea that I'm super excited about. And then I like cannot go to back to sleep until I get up and like, and then I'm writing and writing and writing. Right. And I'm, I'm devising plans and I'm creating content and I'm just, I'm just in a very creative time right now. And so I can't sleep. And so this was happening at Camp Fi where like, I couldn't sleep. And so I'd just get up in the middle of the night and I'd go out um, and I would just be on my computer creating stuff. And so Gwen messages me at like four in the morning and I'm doing my thing. And she goes, cause she knows that I haven't been sleeping. And she goes, well, now I can't sleep. And, and I go, well, cut, get out here, you know, come hang out with me. So at four in the morning, we just, we had a really deep conversation. Both of our fathers have passed away. Hers was pretty recent. And so we had a really heartfelt conversation about that. Um, we both have a, some religious trauma that we talked about. I mean, it was like really deep stuff. And we are both like sobbing, crying. I mean, we were crying. Um, and <laughs> there's this one. So I'm crying, right? I'm leaking from my face. <laughs> and my nose gets super, you know, when you get like congested. And so yeah. my nose is like, I'm really congested from crying. And I breathed wrong. And then this huge snot bubble like <laughs> blows out of my nose. And it is like the size of my head, this snot bubble. And we both went and I'm like, oh my God, you know? <laughs> and so, and we both went from super serious, intense crying to like on the floor laughing. Like that wild swing of emotion was like, we went from real crying to like crying, laughing. My abs hurt like so bad. I thought I was going to pee my pants. I mean, we were just dying. And I mean, I will never forget that night with Gwen. We actually, we documented it. Uh, I do one second every day. It's like a video oh, that's app. Cool. So we took a one second, someone had come out at six in the morning and <laughs> she, she went and to the bathroom and grabbed a roll of toilet paper because we were crying. So someone comes out and they just see us with swollen eyes, toilet paper everywhere from like our snot and our tears. And, and they're like, uh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, can you take a video of us? <laughs> <laughs> like, I will never forget that night with Gwen. Um, that to me is the power of putting yourself in the room. Like I, I had to get on a plane to go have that experience, Yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 So I wanted to close this part of our conversation. We're going to talk about something very controversial. Oh moment. boy. Extremely controversial. But <laughs> at economy, I met a, a bunch of great people. And in the past week I was thinking like, who have I maintained contact with? And I've talked to three of them in the past week, Brittany, and that was about fitness, uh, Bobby, who I met on the urban urban walking tour of Cincinnati. He's in Columbia and Chautauqua, but he was telling me, we talked about construction. Nice. So he told me that he finished up his house. And then last night, uh, Julie, who I met, I'm not sure exactly where I met her, but they're going to come out to Colorado. So they were talking about travel stuff. But again, it was about fitness, construction, and travel. Nothing to do with money, but they're all mm -hmm. friends who I'll probably talk to from the rest of my life, just from that our little weekend, fun weekend at Economy. But... Mm -hmm. The, the really controversial thing I want to talk to you about is uh, last time we interviewed you, this was before economy, I think, or, or maybe it wasn't. Hopefully we haven't had this conversation already, but w one of the first things I wanted to do when I got to Cincinnati is go to Skyline Chili because 
Mindy. Those are fighting words around here, Carl. <laughs> yeah, so Mindy had talked about it, and Mindy, Mindy hated it. She dragged her family there when she was a teenager, and she's like, ah, I hate it. It's disgusting, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, you, you know, I don't know. I think I should try it myself. We don't have the exact same taste, so I tried it, and I liked it. I thought it was great. When I when I go back there, that might be the first thing I go to. And it's I know good. you're not a fan. From no, but I, let me tell you a funny story about Skyline. So my first date with my Midwestern gentleman, you know, we go out for drinks and he had Ubered to where we like met up and I had driven. And so I offered to like drive him home and we're driving and we passed this billboard for Skyline. And so this is June 1st of 2018. I had lived in Cincinnati for just a little over a year and I had never been to Skyline. So I pointed it out to him and I said, you know, I've never been to Skyline. He's like, we're going right now. <laughs> right. And we were like passing a skyline on the way to me dropping him off. So we go to the skyline and, you know, it's like late. It's probably 11, 1130. And he's like, I watch this man house this disgusting food. <laughs> like, I don't know how I was like attracted to him afterwards because I was like, OK, buddy, first of all. It offends me as an Italian <laughs> that their pasta is overcooked and they don't oh, salt the water. I um, can taste it. They do not salt that water and it offends me. And I do like I do like uh, overcooked pasta for some reason. Okay, I we're going to talk it's about weird. that. Okay. Um, so that that is kind of probably my biggest problem with Skyline. But because I love him so much, I said to him, I will eat Skyline on our anniversary. So we, like, we, after that first date, it was like, that was it, right? Like, we've been together ever since then. So we say that's our anniversary. And I tell him, like, I'm, so when he and his son go have Skyline, like, I do not join them, right? Like, I, I don't. And actually, just recently, he turned 40, and we had a big celebration for him, and all of his family flew in. I did make an exception for that time, and I did go to Skyline, oh, nice. but I had a salad. Um, <laughs> Wait, they, have they do, they do. But I also there's chili on it, but yeah, no, salad. it's no chili on it. Uh, it was like a, a chicken Greek salad or something like that, right? And so, but I've said to to Brad, I will eat Skyline on our anniversary. It is the only time that you can pull the Skyline card. That's cool. But he hasn't done it yet. Like he hasn't pulled this. We've been together over four years. He has not pulled the Skyline card. But we are getting married in 2024 and we because we thought it would be fun to get married on our anniversary and so i think we're gonna have skyline just a little bit of skyline like maybe just some conies or something yeah yeah just because like it's just kind of a joke right that we did this on our first yeah. date so um he doesn't know this yet he's hearing this for the first time that i am agreeing at our wedding we will have skyline but none of that freaking pasta okay. it's got to be the cheese conies okay yeah. yeah yeah skyline's an interesting experience you walk in there and they've got these big cauldrons of food it's like it reminded me of the cafeteria in college yes. i'm like okay and there's like steam coming out of them and then you order the food and you see someone just take the scoop and like plop it on the plate and, like, oh, and they actually so like when we went with brad's family recently so this would have been like the last weekend in july so this is pretty recent our server was like one of the best servers that i've ever had a restaurant he was so witty and fun and like joking with us and like you could just tell he really liked his job yeah. um and he made the whole ex like i would go back for him 
Not for that pasta, but I'd go back for that server. Yeah. And I was going to say, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, All right. We're going to end this interview now. I'm just... (laughs) Well, and I was going to say, Paula Pant from Cincinnati, every time I turned around, she was eating Skyline. What, did she keep some in her purse? I don't know. She had like backup Skyline? Every every time I saw her, she's like, oh, just coming out of Skyline. (laughs) It's great, right? She had leftovers. We were in the hotel lobby. (laughs) drinking beer and all of a sudden she pops open the box and starts eating skyline <laughs> warmed up that is her level of dedication to skyline. wow really and i'm not i don't know if we're open. supposed to say this but since we're talking about that um she didn't have a fork she was just eating it with her hands <laughs> it was uh that it was is, a scene. that is like a serious love of skyline i'm gonna go like you know you can buy like cans of skyline chili no this but is i great. think it's a regional thing like okay. I, so I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to Kroger. I'm going to buy her some canned Skyline chili. And I'm going to ship her some gruel in the, the, the freaking mail. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. She'll make some Skyline dip. They, people make Skyline dip. Yeah. So she, like, they put chili and cheese, and then you, like, they bring it to parties. And everyone always shows up at a party, because I host a lot of parties, right? And a lot of potlucks, and people show up, I brought the Skyline dip. And I'm like, get the hell out of my house. (laughs) People, if you're listening, you are welcome in my home in Colorado with your Skyline dip or Skyline chili or overcooked pasta. Don't you dare come to my house with that gruel. I was going to suggest Skyline for your wedding, but you had already gotten there. I, you know, I just made an executive decision in this moment because it is, it is a really cute part of our story that like the fact that we have not eaten Skyline on our anniversary, it just kind of makes sense. Let's, let's do it at our wedding. We can do that. That is pretty fun. Uh, I'm glad I have trashy tastes like you were talking about. You were telling <laughs> yeah. me and, and the overcooked noodles, like, I, I don't even know about any of that stuff. Like, yeah. Taco Bell is great for me, and so is Skyline Chili. So. I'm picturing, like, uh, a chili fountain, like the chocolate fountain. And oh, just the, the I just, chili. like, yeah. almost threw up my mouth. <laughs> and big bubbles coming up. From yeah. The There'll Ew. be kids sticking their hand in there. It like diarrhea. That's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> We'll workshop this idea. I don't, I don't know. Maybe put it in a vat. I don't you did not think that through, Doug. We're gonna we're gonna collaborate. On I'll this. say I'm terrible too. It's just oh like my plopping. god! Uh, I'm like crying over yeah. here. Oh man, we're we're gonna do this. This will be a project where this thing is about community and collaboration. We're gonna collaborate. Will you build, build me uh, yeah. a skyline ship fountain, please? Yeah. <laughs> That'll be my wedding present. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's so viscous. We'll have to have a very like thick oh, motor and a strong pump, like a sump pump. <laughs> See, that's how you know you got me really laughing when I cry. Like that's how you know. I it, funny story. My grandpa used to do the same thing when I was a kid, and like I used to get embarrassed when I would cry when I'd laugh. And one day I asked him, like, Grandpa, why do we cry when we laugh? And he told me that our family has <laughs> he told me our family has abnormally large tear ducts. <laughs> oh my god, that man was hysterical. That's uh, good. Anyway. And I think he would have loved the Skyline shit fountain. <laughs> I think he would too. He he lo- every see everyone loves potty humor. Like we can all agree that farts are funny. You know, like we we can all agree. We can yeah. all agree. Especially I now, you know, Brad has a 9-year-old son, so that's how I connect with his son. 
is that one time I told him I was driving him to school. <laughs> See, now, now you got me on the laughing and I can't stop when I start. But I was driving him to school one time and uh, we're having a conversation and he farted. And he like laughed about it, you know, because he like stuck up the whole car. And I told him about how um, his dad, so my future husband, I said, you know, your dad was taking a nap on the couch the other day and he farted in his sleep and scared the cats. Because <laughs> the cats were like all like on him. <laughs> and they were like, they like darted across the room. And the whole way to school, he just kept repeating that. And he scared the cats. And he just kept laughing. I bet he went to school and told his friends that. that Guaranteed. It's pretty Guaranteed. awesome. Did you ever uh, fart when you're falling asleep and then it wakes you up? And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> well, you guys talked about farting when you roomed together at Economy. I listened to that podcast and I was like, what is this? <laughs> We're uh, 13 year old boys that didn't grow up. And, yeah, that's yeah. what it sounded like. You guys are just giggling. Over- <laughs> but again, farts are funny. So, like, I can't blame you, but. But yeah, farts. Are, what ha- I think I farted, and I was asking if you had heard it or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, and I, I didn't. I, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you were snoring. I do remember that. It was. Uh, we had some late nights, though. I don't. I don't blame you. I don't hold it against you. You know, there was yeah. this one time I farted in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Your first date after Skyline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can really smell the cinnamon come through. So, yeah. Should we make? I've started designing the thoughts in my head, and I'm thinking <laughs> a, a, a big toilet, like a new one, unused one, and then it's just bloop, like something. You have to toilet. flush it. And then it comes yes, out. yes. <laughs> but you know what? What's amazing? But okay, so we're creating something right now. Like we are showing the listeners and the viewers how it's done. But the the difference between people in the Phi community and friends who joke around together is that we actually have an abundance of time, money, and energy to build that fountain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can actually do it. Yeah. It's Skyline Chili. If you're listening and want to sponsor the, the upcoming nuptials. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. I, I imagine me. So I sell sponsorships for the economy conference. I should sell sponsorships for my wedding. I mean, that's brilliant. That, that yeah. is a great idea. What yeah. if Skyline, Skyline can sponsor economy? We could get the fountain done early. You won't be able to take receipt of it till your wedding. But yeah, we could yeah. we could have it at the after party. Yeah, and I'm just there. imagining everybody walking up and flushing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and we we had to repair a toilet recently, so I'm actually thinking of the valve and like the actual oh, wow. technical aspect. And you can't go with a low volume, low flow. Like, well, we need the real. Well, and also like, <laughs> wouldn't the like tubing need to be like pretty thick because it's not water; it's like chunky, gross shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it will. It'll, it'll have to be like insulated and. Okay. Yeah, it'll I think we could do great. this. Food, yeah, yeah, food grade, food grade toilets. You guys, you heard it. You heard it right here. A dream is born, right, oh, right man. here. This uh, this went sideways. What what are we even talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's close with economy before we get to okay. the end. So you're gonna do it again in 2023. Yes. Uh, so give for someone who hasn't been there. Tell people what it is, and I'm curious as to what changes you're going to make. I, I thought the last one was fantastic, but I remember you saying you might space out the yeah, yeah, yeah. in a couple days. Is- so Economy is basically a party about money that's built for the FIRE community. And it solves two key issues that we have when we're pursuing FI. The first one is that when most, and you know how this is, right? When most people 
find fi or the fire movement. It's like this cult like cult like enthusiasm, right? And so you got you get really excited about reducing your expenses and increasing your income and you come up with your investment strategy and it's like you spend maybe the first year or 3 like optimizing everything and coming up with your plan and figuring out your fi number and how long it's going to take you to get there, right? It usually take I mean it takes most people anywhere from 5 to 20 years to reach fi. So you get to a place where you're like in the middle of your accumulation phase and things start to get boring, mm-hmm. right? You start to lose that enthusiasm because a lot of it is just a waiting game. You're plugging all this, you know, I was saving 60% of my income. So I'm just like throwing it into VTSAX and I'm just waiting, right? And so I think when you get into, and that that's about 70% of my audience is in that, like the middle of that accumulation phase. And so they come to economy to like fuel the fire, to get that renewed enthusiasm to keep going on their path and to and to keep learning because I think we learn a lot in the beginning and then we start to slow down on our learning because some of the content starts to get repetitive. So one of the things I really focus on at Economy is bringing in content that's very unexpected, right? And so that keeps us learning and growing and, and ex- keeps expanding our mind when it comes to what's possible with our money. And then the second problem that we solve is that FI tends to be a lonely path, right? We're doing a very unconventional thing. Our consumerist friends don't understand, they think we're weirdos, right? They don't think it's possible to retire early. You mentioned this a lot in your speech, Carl, like the, the, the objections you would get from your friends and family on like why this was crazy to even attempt. And so, I don't really have any interest in reaching financial independence and early retirement if I don't have anyone to hang out with. And so the economy conference is an ingenious way to like put yourself in the room with your new best friend. I met my best friend who I mentioned before, Erin, yeah. because she came to economy and she wrote me and we had coffee and we hit it off from there. She's the only person I know that has full autonomy over her time. So we can go long distance hiking on the weekend. We can, we're talking about like going to Bali together for two months. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody else that can do that. And I met her because she was at Economy. You know, I know I did a speed dating session at Economy last year. We're going to change it up this year and do speed friendshipping. Um, But I know of three relationships that came out of that. And I'm going to go crash those weddings eventually, (laughs) right? Like, I just, I get so excited. I'll give you an example. Like, when we were here... Um, when, when you, I think it was Jeremy Schneider who spoke at economy last year was on the line to check in to his room and you were talking to him. This was on Wednesday. Yeah. Sounds right. I was walking along the balcony going to my room and I looked down and I see you guys talking and laughing together. And it was so satisfying to me that you guys are having that fun moment because you met at economy. Right. Yeah. And, and now you guys are going to be, you have a connection point because you both spoke that year together. And you know, that when we, the speakers at economy, we do table reads, we do dress rehearsal, like the speakers really help each other polish the speeches. And, um, that, that beautiful friendship comes out of doing things together and putting yourself in the room. So those are the two things that I think economy does really well. Um, and 
yeah, what else do I want to say about it? I mean, we've got main stage speakers, we've got workshops, we've got breakout sessions. About 20% of our audience is already financially independent and retired. So there's not only the main stage speakers, I mean, that's really fun and entertaining, but there is so much knowledge in the room. And so a lot of my programming is designed to get everyone talking to each other so that you can find your new best friend. Um, so that is happening March 17th through 19th of 2023 at St. Pat- Patty's Day weekend. Mm-hmm. So get lucky and get yourself to economy. <laughs> yeah. um, and I will offer a 10% discount code um, to your audience. It will be mile high fi, all caps, all one word. Cool. Um, and yeah, come party with us. We're all, we'll all be there. Yeah, I, I got my tickets. I was going to ask you about the schedule. Yeah, like oh, a breakdown. I, yeah. F- for so the what days. I learned, I do an uh, a post event survey, and again, these people in the audience are the smartest, most creative people I know. And so, out of over four hundred people, I got like almost half of them to answer the survey, which is a huge response rate. Um. And they all gave me tons of ideas of like what they liked, what they think I can improve and all of that. But the over overriding comment was that that the crux of the event was Saturday. That's where most of the programming was. That was the main stage speakers. We did the after party. And then Sunday was mainly social activities. But because Saturday was so dense and like after COVID times, it's just people need more time and space to ease into the intensity of social interaction. And so the first year, I didn't get this comment at all. And I just did the same schedule the second year as I did the first year. The first year was before COVID, right? And so I I hear you guys that it is intense. And so what I'm doing is I'm basically breaking up that Saturday into Saturday and Sunday, I'm adding more space. So like rather than an hour for lunch, we'll have two hours for lunch so that we have a little bit more of a relaxed pace. Um, because I think that intensity was really jarring for people and the Sunday activities, a lot of people were like, well, first of all, a lot of people were hung over from staying up till four in the morning drinking. So there's Mm. that part Mm -hmm. of it. Um, but also I think it was just the intensity of Saturday, like really wore a lot of people out. And so, um, I am solving for that by basically taking, spreading it across two days versus that one day. And then we're going to move all the social activities to Friday, which kind of is not ideal for me and the speakers because we'll be in dress rehearsal. So we won't be able to participate in some of those activities, but it's, it's the best way to serve the audience. So I just felt like it was the right thing to do. Now it adds a considerable amount of cost for me. So it adds about 40 grand of cost because I have to pay now, like rather than one day, I have to pay double for my lighting and sound engineers and the venue and all of this kind of stuff. So it is a considerable amount of risk for me, um, especially because I don't have my high income supplementing uh, my ability to produce this anymore. And so, um, but we are halfway sold out on ticket sales. Wow. Um, six months in advance. So I feel fairly confident that we will sell out all 560 tickets. And so if we do that and I bring in the sponsorship money that I have been pitching my ass off here, (laughs) right? And so I'm at FinCon to sell sponsorships because 
it's really important for me to keep that price point accessible, but I need someone to subsidize the fact that I'm offering these tickets. I mean, it's a hundred thousand dollar production. So I need help paying for that. And so um, I'm going to find sponsors to help me keep this ticket price as accessible as possible um, so that I can produce the best event I can that really serves the audience. Cool. Skyline Chili, if you're listening. <laughs> awesome event to sponsor. But. Yeah. And I, I have one side suggestion that I don't know if it'll if it'll work. So some of the uh, parties that we've been to, mm-hmm. they're just so loud. There's DJs, it's so fucking yes. loud. People want to talk. I can barely talk now. And we had this issue too. Yeah. We had this issue at Economy last year. So our it's DJ nice. is such a fun guy and like he also is on the production team and I, he brought in his own speakers because when there's mute, like we use the sound system in the room for the show. But when it was like the after party, he was like, I want to get music pumping. And like, I didn't really think about that because I thought the space was big enough that we would be able to accommodate people who wanted a little bit more quiet space versus like the loud kind of dancing. This is not, there were some people shaking a tail feather, but it w- this isn't really a dancing crowd, right? Like we need a little bit more of a chill vibe. Um, so we're going to change that next year so that the music isn't getting in the way of people doing what they really want to do, which is talk. Because I noticed last year, like we had three bars in where the after party was and everybody was out like in the hallway area be- so that they it. could talk. Yeah. And it was like, and I kept asking to turn the music down, but it was just the setup that we had. And then once the music was down, people didn't realize and they stayed out in the hallway anyway. So anyway, yeah. we're going to fix it next year so that cool. it's a little bit more of a loungy feel mm-hmm. um, so that people aren't screaming over music for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I'm an old guy. So, I mean, I understand people want to do that loud music, whatever, but yeah. I, I walk around now with earplugs and yeah. Yeah, I'm that weird yeah. guy. Well, and then you're like trying to talk over the music and it hurts your throat and like, yeah. Uh, and pro tip, if you go to any of these events, cough drops, bring cough drops because I mean, obviously I like to talk. I, ha- you know, I have a very, uh, I talk all day, every day. And even me, I get a sore throat from being at these things from talking so much. And yeah. then I get freaked out. Like, is that COVID? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, you know, but, uh, but no, it's a sore throat and you need the cough drops. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Very good. Any other questions, Carl? Yeah, economy? no, I, I just want to tell two more stories Short ones about economy. I'm actually. Gonna I want to tell five more. Do you have time? <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to see Jeremy in three weeks. He's in San Diego. And we're going out there, so we just chatted yesterday. So Wait, you're going to one. camp? Are you going to Camp Fi there? Or you're... I, I think I might end up at Camp Fi, but this is for oh, uh, okay. bigger pockets money. We, we happen to be there, but yeah, I think uh, Camp Fi is the following weekend, and I might go to that too. Okay. After your story, I think I need to go to see the film you know, of this e-bike. And I'll be speak. I'll be. Uh, I'll be speaking at that one. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'd love to go support you if I can. I well but the other story and i think this kind of epitomized economy and what these events are about is i met someone in economy and i'd never seen this person in my life and within a minute he's like can, can we talk about money i'm like sure he's like well here's my net worth here's how much i saved up i'm like you're telling a complete a complete yeah. stranger this taboo thing like right most of us never talk about that right. our whole lives with our friends and here's this guy talking about money and i I thought about that conversation a lot, and I think it was what I came to is he wants to talk about money because he wants to put money in its place so yeah. we can move on to do right. really cool shit in life, and he wants to make sure he's got this tool mm-hmm. down correct and run to pass someone. 
I think that's one of the big things we do wrong in society. We put money on this big pedestal yeah. and we worship it and money is the goal, but it's not. It's just tiny little things. Mm-hmm. So let's talk to community and collaborate with cool people so we can figure out money and talk yeah. to each other about it, help each other out. And then move on so we don't ever have to fucking talk about it. Yeah. So we talk about Skyline shit fountains. Is that what we I'm, were called? I'm pretty sure we're going to trademark a Skyline <laughs> shit fountain. Shit. <laughs> TM. Yeah. That's good. See if they URL. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. It's not just for Sky. We, we could get, yeah, collaborate with the Hormel Chili people. <laughs> all, all chilies. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Is there anything else? I think we're done. <laughs> I feel like we got it, guys. Yeah. Like, we we did a thing. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on again. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing Economy, too. I can't wait. It's going to be one hell of a party. Yeah, awesome. So we'll link up for all your stuff yeah. and uh, make sure the coupon code is there. And yep. yeah, yeah, this was great. Thanks. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast, and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host, and Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five, and uh, actually, we don't give high fives in in person, so the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. shit a little bit more and we put the sound checks at the end so we this will go live so when, when did you get in town diana i got in on wednesday like around 10 10 a.m okay. mm-hmm. do you uh do you like orlando did you go to disney and other stuff no i have not left this resort okay why would you right like i just it, it's so huge like why would you go anywhere else yeah yeah and then have you been in the slide yet like the pool outside? Yeah. No, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. And then, uh, Carl, when did you get in? I got in the same day, Wednesday afternoon. All right. Have you got to the pool yet? I have not, but I have left the resort. And let me tell you, that was a mistake. I'm, I'm cheap, so I tried to walk to Publix, which is 2.3 <laughs> miles away. I have no issue with the mileage, and that's each direction, so I'm five miles round trip. 
There are no fucking sidewalks in Orlando. So oh, yeah. yeah. And I woke up early, so it's like 4.30 in the morning. There's cars flying past. Yeah, it's a this. concrete hellscape over here. Why would you leave? Yeah, I, I really wanted some, like pretzels or something. I don't even know what I was going there. Oh, I was yeah. going there for a bathing suit. I forgot my bathing suit. Oh, you did? Oh. Which I've not been able to use yet. But yeah, Publix yeah. sells bathing suits. And maybe you'll so see you me. bought, you went through that experience to buy a bathing suit that you haven't even used. Yes, and I'm going to use it because now I've got that. <laughs> At sunk cost. Yeah, I, I remember it back. I'm like, my life is worth more than this. Yeah, we were gonna do something else after we interview, um, but maybe we should just put it in our trunks and get out there before the storms come in. So. We, can we do this in the pool, like right now? Bring all this. We can put the equipment on the flamingos. You said it, you just said flamingos are stable animals. Yeah, I think so. That's why they could stand on one leg. I didn't look that up. I'm not really sure. I don't know anything about flamingos. Do you know what a uh, group of flamingos is called? Uh, flamboyance. Cool. Is that yeah. is that true? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a dad joke. <laughs> no, no. The more you know, you learn something today. Yeah. All right. Well, leaving cool. with a lot of knowledge. <laughs> Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fly Podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And we have a very special guest today. Tell us who you are and what you do. I'm Diana Merriam. I'm the host of the Optimal Finance... I We have to edit that. Optimal... Finance Daily. I don't even know the, <laughs> the name on. of my own podcast. Okay. Hold on. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll do it. We'll do it from the top. Hello, world. No, I'm fucking it up. <laughs> this could be the end. It's okay. One, one more time. You need to start over. 